episode right. one it's an honor yes, it really is who we got here we got philly beats i know him as philly beats <laughs> that's that's so how you, that's how i'm gonna get the government the introduction yeah bonani bonani on the track bonani on the beat bonani on the beat So maybe we'll explain to the folks what we're doing here. You explain to me what we're doing here. Yeah. So all we're doing here is creating a playlist with you live. So we bring a guest in and we talk about music significant to your path, to your journey, Mm -hmm. music that resonates in your life. And you just break it down for me and you go song for song and we'll explain along the way. And uh, I love it. Get a better idea of the man behind the beats. I love it. And how did you develop this concept? (sighs) That's a good question. That's a good question. I guess might as well kick it off with an explanation, right? Episode one, dog. Yeah. So a few things. I remember it started with a conversation. Uh, I was working on like a project, just like putting together a playlist first to like eventually produce some stuff. Yeah. Uh, And I asked all the members of my family, the four other members of my immediate family, what their top three favorite songs were that resonated most with them in their entire lives, right? Mom, dad, brother, sister. And they sent me that music and, you know... It got me thinking because it's only three songs, but it really made them think for a little bit. Like, <laughs> but w- why are you saying it was it was harder for them than they realized? If for anybody, or, or it just right. made you really them... have to think about yeah. the Dude, music. The number I told you, I went overboard yeah. immediately because it's like as you're digging through shit that you want to play, then it's all like random stuff for coming out. Like this cuts reminding you of this cut. Right. This artist reminds reminds you of this artist, and you're like, oh well, which one? Which one would be better for this? But sure. for for the sake of of you know what you initially told me, I went very very personal with it. You right, know? and that's it. Yeah, so, I mean that's the other thing too. Like, you could be listing off songs that really have like a personal connection with, or you could be saying like what you're just listening to right now. And that's yeah, why and that's, I want. I have a complete combination of that. Right, the, and I want guests stuff, to bring that yeah, to the table. Some of the stuff that that. I initially or that I included it was like wow what am I what am I bumping now right. what's what's getting me what's what's getting me influenced right now at this moment from random casts that are putting shit out in 2021 at the moment exactly because a lot of the times people stuff that that that's going on in the scene now gets overlooked when right. years ago you had you had certain scenes in different areas in the country that it's like these people were engrossed in it Right. Now, because of the internet, because of the way everything's all around, there's less actual scenes right. that are developed in localized territory. Yeah. So, like, people sometimes overlook young and up-and-coming artists because they're not as in their face as much. It's more of just what's being pushed on the radio. A hundred percent. I think that coincides with, like, physical releases, right? When there yeah. was a physical mm. a vinyl in front of you or even a CD, people would get together, have listening parties. Well, they'll... That one homie of yours comes through after work, and I got the new Chili Peppers record. Oh, yeah. We're going to put this on, roll one up, and then just, like, what have, are we all thinking about Have the about experience. This? Exactly. Nowadays, it's just streaming, so here today, gone tomorrow type of thing, and if it's not really hitting you, and you're not hitting your ear and your heart, like, you might just 
toss it aside or maybe you'll come back to it, but yeah, a lot harder to... <clears throat> There's also a lot more cats just doing it because of the right. ease of accessibility. 100%. Like yeah, I was watching um, DJ Premier started this new series. Uh, I guess he's doing it on YouTube or something, but where he goes through old tracks that he's done. Right. And this one was... I forget this song, but it was... Um, it was Jeru the Damager, yep. and it was an early, early, um, like, Gangstar is a, it's like a, not a label, but the collective, collective of them yeah. putting it out, and he was talking about the process of recording onto tape. You had to buy studio time, spend a fuck ton of money, right. get all of this recorded on analog tape, Yep. and then... And same thing with like making beats and stuff. You'd have to have all this stuff on and and have it on floppy disks, right? To then have your system, whatever it be, read and process that information and record record into the whole setup, right? And it, it was, you know, you, and now people are doing everything out of their bedroom. And there's there's good and bad to that. I think it's amazing. I personally utilize it all the time. Right. I I would be a hypocrite if I would be saying otherwise. But what it does is it makes people who don't have a true passion and who aren't ready to take the step to be making and recording their own music. They're like, oh, well, we can do it. So they make releases, flood it onto streaming, and it just it, it muddies the waters a bit. For sure. When before you had to, it was tougher to cut through. Right. So, you know, there's good and bad, I think. Sure, sure, but eventually the cream rises to the top, and we get some of the songs that Dude, uh, from, you're about to list off. You know, bro, from sampling, that's one thing that I learn always because you dig through. Just take '70s soul, for example, and you will find some gems. Like there are certain artists, like I mean, she was really popular, but from digging, I got into like uh, like Marlena Shaw or. Um, uh, whatever Ra random random 70s artists that are that are so good Eddie and Hendrix, not, I remember and not as that. well Eddie he was Kendrick. with the he was with the temps but that um there's music that is so good that doesn't get the prominence of like a, a diana ross or something sure. like that but then when you're sifting through it you're realizing how much trash there is right so it's you know what it's the same situation kind of just i think it's even more diluted today yeah so, without further ado, let's get into uh, Philly Beats, yeah, aka yeah. Bonani's track one. It's you gotta you can't do the Philly Beats, aka Bonani. Bro, if, there's no one has known known me as Philly Beats except the man we right gotta, in front of gotta, you. Gotta, so I feel like get, it's like you a, gotta set this straight. I feel like I have permission. I mean, maybe you can call me Philly. I can call you Philly. All you right. can call me Philly, because but not you're Philly you. Beats. But but I I have instrumentals from who's, back in the day of Philly people, Beats. Who's blown on? Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we can't deny the lineage, the story. I'm not, I'm not denying my lineage. I'm just taking people all I've the way gone back. Through many you know? names, many yeah. many groups, many bands. Well, hold on, I guess through it all. Might as well while we're at it. At, while I'm on topic, been what was the first all. like? What was the first tag, producer name, or or artist name that you were running with? Well, the first the first beat making name was Philly Beats. See that the, these okay. these dudes um, <clears throat> from from Bethlehem, where uh, I'm from the Lehigh Valley originally, right, and right. Uh, I went to high school in Bethlehem, and these dudes that I was work making a ton of music with, uh, they. They came up with it, like Phil, because they were calling me Philly Phil, and I was like, should I just make it like a Beats thing? 
And then they're like, yeah, you know what? Philly beats and spell it like a Philly, like a Philly rolled blunt. Right, Even right. though no one really smokes that anymore. <laughs> but no, so it was right. Philly beats. Right. That was my first moniker. That's right. All right. But so my first band was Sin City Diaries. That's right. People don't know much about that. Yeah. Izzy. Yeah. We won't, we'll, go, we'll get there later, though. We'll, we'll save some of these gems for later. All right. But uh, all right, I'll switch it up. Oh, we got Buonani's playlist, a.k.a. Philly Beats playlist, but uh, or a.k.a. Philly, my boy. So without further ado, <laughs> number one, what we got? I picked Roses first, Kanye West, oh. late registration. Wow. Wow. We got Bill Withers sample. And so, the re- so why I went with that first was... I knew I wanted part of this playlist to be main influences from beat making. So we'll talk about it, but my music influence runs so deep into so many genres. But specifically for beat making, Kanye was so influential to me early on. Yeah. And that late registration record specifically, I remember I had a burn copy in my in my yep. Taurus and I, you know, when I first started making beats, I would listen to that, that whole that whole project, and there's so much heat. The second track he does with Adam Levine, the "Heard Him Say," Heard him say. that keyboard flip, one of my favorite. Kanye I will songs like of I'll st- I'll still flip shit in certain ways and flip keys in certain ways because of that. You know, you know, Adam Levine and Maruf, they, they put that on their album as well, like without the Kanye. You, well, you've told you yeah. told me that I learned that from you, but yeah, that's I want to say. Nothing's ever promised. I think like that's the you know refrain from the chorus, or whatever. But like I think that's right. the title of it. Um, like Maroon 5's, like second or third album, or whatever. Like it's that's so fun. hot, they just yeah, have to use it's that. Too good. Like it's Adam was like, good. bro, I'll, I'll hook you up, Kanye. But like you're gonna have to, uh, you know, let me use this as well. Yeah, bro. That it's it's such a that. But that whole album, which back to roses. Yeah. It's there's so much emotion mm. in that album. People can talk shit on that man for being crazy all he wants. The crazy to me is beautiful. Crazy is I beautiful. Love, I love, and I love the, what he does. The music at the end of the day. And he's... Speaks for itself. Cra- you know? Yeah. Revolutionary. Yeah. The, and that, yeah, no, that whole project in general. So I had to pick something from it. But Why Roses, Roses in particular? Yeah. I know you said the beat making aspect. It was but... always just the one that like, no matter what, would no matter what mood I was in, it wouldn't put me in a good mood, but it would... Sure. It would give me goosebumps and emotion right. every single time. The bass line in it is hard. Um, yeah, that's I. It just was, has always been a standout track. Yeah. There's no features on it. No, like that album has a ton of dope features. Of course, Calm and of course. Nas, you know what I mean. But Jay Z even on diamonds. Yeah, right, but, right, right. But yeah, very intimate. And what I love so much about that album, and obviously he came in so hot with Dropout, but. So many great songs and like it was so cinematic with like the John Bryan strings attached to mm-hmm. it and um, this, I mean Gold Digger with Ray as the movie came out with Jamie Foxx you know right. and, Jamie, and yeah. Diamonds of Sierra Leone as Blood Diamond is like so and Touch the Sky is just that it anthemic. is very cinematic of a project right and but very very personal lyrics as well you know mm-hmm. like. My Way Home and um, Addiction. That's one of my favorite deep cuts on that album. Yeah. Like, so good. A, and I that, think he, he flips My Funny Valentine on yeah. that. I might have it. I might have that mixed up. I, I think so, though. I think there's a sample of that record on the album. Not sure if it's, yeah. if it's that song in particular. But just, yeah. You could say... We can go on and on about registration and how great it is. And that Absolutely. track in particular is beautiful. And I know for... I remember looking into it. Um, Bill Withers sample, Rosie. 
And it's like a lesser, way lesser known Bill Withers song. It's like a deep cut. I think it was like a bonus track on one of his albums or something. But he's well, Bill Withers has got deep cut after deep. R.I.P. Man, as R.I.P. is right. As a producer, I mean, everything from like digging for drum breaks to just soul strings to his voice naturally. It's so so classic. Sussex Records. That was the OG uh, label. That was uh, Clarence. You ever heard about? The the god the black godfather Clarence, I don't know. I don't he's a mover so. and shaker. He was like there was a Netflix doc about him recently. He was like a he's just the 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 guy behind and the scenes behind the scenes right making all the deals go the... through knew all the celebrities hanging out with Magic Johnson and and this person that person everyone knew him Obama knows him. like just that guy <laughs> hell yeah you know and being there for black artists and making sure they get theirs yeah. You know, while all Back these shady the... labels are trying to fuck everybody over. Oh, but yeah. Was... You know the drill. But, uh, all right. Bloodbath back in the day. Today, too, you know. But, uh, all right, well, we got number two. Great, got... great, great, great start. Um, yeah, see, so a lot of these are going to be very, you know, popularized. You know sure, what I mean? so, sure. But uh, Heart of the City. <sighs> of course. Because of course. I had... Um, I had the blueprint in again burned in my car. Yes. And I remember I was I had a teaching gig in um Center City Allentown where I was I was teaching through a church. Um a reverend I used to play jazz with. He was a saxophone player. Had a church that did an after school program through the district. And that record like I just it brings me back to like this certain moment when I was really recording and making beats for the first time. Uh, I was teaching in music, and I was just constantly in my in my whip, driving like from school to school, gig to gig. Right. And that record was a constant, and it was, you know, it's a it's a early inspiration of taking, like, doing less of a chop with a sample, and literally like let's take let's take this original song and just enhance it a little bit right. more. The so Melvins, I think it's a it was different, the, uh, different style. The Melvin sample, I forget what the title. Yeah, of the song I forget is. the name of the sample but too. I remember it was that. such a good song originally. I had to download it's, the song oh, as man. well. Yeah, it still, it still holds its weight. One of the most beautiful Jay Z songs, and that Kanye beat. That, I mean, that's what really got him off the ground. I mean, it was that the, the Truth beat with Beanie Sigel, and then like what yep. he was doing with the Dynasty album. But then, you know, as immortalized on, um, was what's the last song of Dropout called, Mr. Rockefeller. Um, Last call, you know, as he goes through his whole story. But um, Heart of the City, man. Wow. Great follow-up. Dude, and great. Yeah, I mean, the Blueprint, great album. Of course. Just Blaze and Kanye and that, like, competition going on. And, of course, like, all the other cats that were in the room. But just, like, the fact that those two young phenoms. Crazy. Like, you could tell. And they, they always had this, like, mutual respect for one another. But I could just tell, like, in that room. Or, like, you know, I guess they were in Studio A, Studio B. But, like... That competition, just oh like, fuck yeah, you need that. just driving those two to make the absolute best. Bro, me, possible. I, I always say this, but like me and me and Laka, he's right, you know, one of my best boys and my like musical brother, right hand man to translations for those, yeah. Um, him and I, we're we're constantly like he plays something that I'm like, ooh, that shit's. Then I just I immediately want to go make right. something harder, right. But the thing about that era of Kanye specifically was it was when you could literally hear his sound developing. For sure. So it's For like, sure. okay, this is he's creating this 
this n- not new sound, but this revamped sound of of right. you know soul hip hop. Right. Because it was already in the mix there, he just added his own spin on it too, and, right. and really furthered exactly. it and made it like because he brought those soul samples and then these like pop hooks almost right yeah. like and, and, and made it a more bit deeper mm-hmm. instrumentation too and i think that's probably because of you know the mixing and the access he had talent that they had right. i mean was and just songwriting talent in general like they could have a musician come into the studio beef up something that they needed but right yeah three oh man pete's jazz pete rock pete's instrumentals instrumentals um dude bbe records like to me just like the perfect beat yeah there's no feature i don't even want like to hear anyone on it unnecessary and that the way the way that he that he chops the vibraphones where it's this constant push and pull where it's like almost like coming off the beat it's so it's so hip to my jazz roots and right. jazz influence and what i love about jazz and it's called pete's jazz right that it's like i can't believe like he put it together um the way he did i feel like it's almost something it feels like you're you're listening to a live band jam well that's the thing you he know? sampled all those like 1970s like soul funk uh band creative source was one of the samples he had on there um uh george mccray like well, all dude, these what cats. He, he would he would take samples from all different records and piece it together like half the like m- more than half the time a lot of the times when i'm flipping a track i'll flip the track then i'll add my own stuff over like i'll right. play keyboard or whatever over top i'll layer the sample from the i'll take a different part of the song sure. obviously and lay it over but pete rock would he was he was such like a heavy crate digger right. that he'd be like oh wait i can take this horn from from this record i can take Oh, he was in his back for sure. He was exactly. They were going all those dudes going to the conventions and the record shops and just pulling. Oh my god! And just it was DJing, but just you know, in production form, just pulling from all different sources. It came from DJing, right? I mean, yeah, of course, the original MC and DJ. Um, Pete Rock's, what was his older cousin? Was uh, Heavy D? Wow! Really? Yeah. So Heavy D and the boys. Yeah. So now that we found love. So, dude, wow. he was engrossed. Oh, for sure. In in hip, OG early hip hop. Right. That was like that. Not up. I guess you call it upstate. Like that Mount Vernon. Uh, yeah. Whole. Well, yeah, whole like scene. Uh, what we call that? Like uptown, uh, whatever. Yeah, uptown, exactly. And um, <clears throat> dude, so he would be like crate digging for all sorts of crazy people, and he was DJing on um on radio at like age 15, 14 or 15. Right. So he's from the start, from ki- carrying the crates, digging the crates. Right. He's an OG. Just in his DNA. In his, it, it is. It's literally in his family. So those three all cover like influence for sure. For sure. Next, I, I, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to bring up some shit that has been really inspiring me right now okay what to you keep listening pushing to now? yeah and um rome streets and future wave wow yeah. so Ro- rome streets is uh he's from brooklyn sick underground rapper he did a project with dj mugs like a year and a half ago or whatever and he has just been 
blowing up completely in the underground scene. Yeah. I went to the Rock... Uh, well, we, yeah. I went to the Rock... When we went to the Rock That's Marcy right. show, they, um, he came out, played 96 Naughty Windbreaker <sighs> shit. Kind of stole the, the show place. for a minute, yeah, low-key. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like a yeah. lot of people didn't know who he was, like, in the crowd. Dude, he's... Obviously, a fair share knew, but, like, I feel like just the energy they gave him was almost just like, all right, who's this? Because Rock just brought him out in the middle yeah. of the set, but it was just... Like, he bodied it. Like, it was and no question about beyond. it. One of the best tracks performed the night. Beyond. Yeah. Um. So this ha- this track, Sage or Gunsmoke, Sage is or Gunsmoke. off. It's off the record they just dropped. Literally, I think it we came on to streaming, like, last week or something. Okay, like so last So it's Friday. really been what on, what on my, like, what I've been listening to. Razor's Edge is the, what it's called. And this has a ransom feature on it. That's the name of the track, or that was the... No, that's the name of the project. Gotcha. And Future Wave is just a dope ass producer. He's um, he's from Canada, Dang. <clears throat> and he does he'll he does just really really good one on one projects with rappers a lot. He's stuff with this dude Daniel Sun that I really like, and I feel like he is really pushing, um, pushing a certain sound in hip hop that that a lot of like that a lot of the northern New York crowd is kind of being influenced by, and For it's, sure. like, dropping down in the city. I mean, it's it's everyone's listening to everything at this For point. For sure. But, but it's definitely a resurgence. He's part of the resurgence of, absolutely. like, a, a heavy New York sound so and back a, to that. <clears throat> he's a sick roots. producer. And literally, Rome, Street, he, Rome Streets has been, as far as an underground like right now who's hot i've been i've just been bumping him non-stop and i think like the sky's the limit for that dude oh 100 percent, yeah like i said and i know I, a lot of du- the dudes that um that i record with and everything they said they said you know four years ago five years ago you know he was doing open mics just around the city and shit and he's just been grinding and grinding right. and i mean to have a project with mugs come on <sighs> say less yeah i mean the dude's making strides and like it's evident like his talent is next level he's setting himself apart from the rest of the cast that are doing it yeah and that was just more than like to me like more than evident at that rock show in sony hall it was just he came out for just one track and nailed it you know and that's funny because like i think the same day or maybe like a day prior or whatever when we were chilling you were showing me that track and i was like this dude's got it oh, and yeah. then he just comes out like obviously he wasn't on the bill or nothing it was Mm-mm. it was a uh, marcy's show um but he just came out and just owned it. Yeah. Yeah, respect. Yeah. Rome Streets. <clears throat> so that was uh that was what brought okay, I'm doing good on battery there. I was worried. <laughs> um so first three, you know, again, early beat making specifically influence. That what I'm bumping right now. Another more modern one. Um Boldy James did a record with Real Bad Man. Mm. And he has a song on it called Good Foot. It has these two features, Mooch and Riggs. And it's literally anytime I'm in any situation where I need to get hyped up, I bump it. Okay. And it's such... And I, I'm a huge fan of Baldy James in general. The shit he's doing with Alchemist. I, they just yeah. dropped a video a couple days ago that I just was uh just was watching before is he I signed to griselda or is he just like affiliated um, like because they, they he, i know him no, and west side have been yeah, doing no, no, stuff no. he I, i'm pretty sure he signed with them okay i don't know i don't want to speak out of sure my lane i have no idea but i think i i think i'm pretty sure it was like a 
thing right. when he signed when he signed with them. And he's from Detroit. Alex from the West Coast. See, that's cool. what I'm saying. Everything's all over the place. Right. But, um, yeah, dude, I'm a huge Boldy fan. I think the price of tea in China that him and Alchemist put out, he's just been on a he's been on a run. That was a 2020 drop, and this Real Bad Man project was a 2020 drop. Uh, he had other features on that project. He had Mayhem Warren. He had Stove God Cooks on it, which was sick. Right. Also, was uh, at the Rock Show. Well, it was his partially his show right right opening act but um yeah dude so i i had to put that boldy boldy track on of course Oof. um kept it kept it with boldy because i had to give uh at the alchemist a it shout passed. out sure. for one of his boldy songs sure. and the second track off price of tea in china china giant slide fire wow. ash track okay um and that's an Alchemist produced track, or the other one? The, no, no, no. The Al- the other one's produced by the whole album of the previous one, Goodfoot, that I just said. Right. It's called Real uh, Real Bad Boldy. Gotcha. And it's produced entirely by Real Bad Man. Okay. And then Giant Slide is the price of tea in China. That whole record's produced entirely by Alchemist. See, folks, this is what it's all about. See, we're talking about music I know, we're talking about music Phil knows, and we're learning the process here. That's what it's all about. And the other crazy thing, both of those tracks were 2020 Boldy James drops. Right. And, you know, he's just got such a swagger and unique style. Um, like, I, he's one of those dudes that I play for people all the time and they're like well this is this just hits this is different you know what i mean he's just got it um next up off the stove god cooks project that rock marcy produced it's real i mean he did a bunch of features reasonable drought right yeah reasonable drought he went by uh he he rapped under a different name before but reasonable drought was really his first personal drop rock marcy produced all the beats Mm -hmm. it's a 10 out of 10 record literally one of the craziest hip-hop records in a while um and this is bread of life track two gotcha i picked because it's just it's my that and lava lamps those are my two favorite tracks off the off the project um he has, he has a bunch more features released. He's oh, going really? hard on the live touring, too. I mean, yeah. Him and Rock both. I, I think they're taking advantage of, you know, things kind of starting to open back up. Right. There's a couple festivals mm-hmm. in August that I saw that he's going to be at. Some shows they're throwing in the city. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You were putting me on to a lot of the music, and we went to the show. And um, both of them came out. Just crazy energy. And... Uh, I remember, I think one standout for me was John Starks off that album. That was, yeah, that was yeah, a crazy yeah, joint. Yeah. And I think they just ran awesome. through it. I think they might have hit all the tracks, or most of it, if not. But, yeah, that was just a, a wild project, you know? So, uh, you know, the more I'm looking at this, the more this really does have a nice continuity to it. I love it. I love it. Because then I stick with, um, I jump into $500 Ounces. <sighs> Pray for Paris. Off Pray for Paris, Paris. West Side Gun, Freddie Gibbs, and Rock Marcy featured Alchemist produced beat. That was like a little glimmer of hope in the pandemic. That was like that was like early. That was like April, I think. And that's my favorite fucking track off Mm. 
that entire project, which is so so so, many so, so 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 good. Oh yeah, the the primo beat on it is crazy, but um, the way Alchemist flipped that, and it's it's there's no, like not not really like drums added or anything, but no, it's Simple. just such such a fire loop, or chop I should say, and um, Freddie Gibbs does his thing Freddie Gibbs and, and rocks rock. the yeah. fucking man. Yeah, so it's like be- beautiful. Out. Yeah, wow, great track. Um. From there, Raw Deal, Rock Marciano. Rock, yeah. Mark um, Burton. Yes. Dude, I... Early Rock. Earlier Rock. Right. Rock's been around. So. <laughs> That's right. If you don't know, no, 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 now no. you know. Uh, rock, was li- rock was literally in a, in a group with Busta Rhymes. See, that's something I don't it's know. It's crazy. Wow. He's been, he's been in the game. But of this newer re-come up of him or whatever sure. you want to call it uh i just personally off off that project i don't know who, who produced it i have no idea actually but no that's rock my, produced it he did yeah fire 2010 yeah Mark so that's so that um that's my favorite beat off that the beats thing, records and he does his thing on it oh murders it so yeah all that is i start i started off hip-hop and i jump I throw in a random one, Rocky Raccoon. Oh, that ain't random. Rocky that ain't Raccoon. Random. That's some real sentimental shit oh, right man. there, Philly Beats. AKA Bonani. Rocky Raccoon. Let's talk about the White Album film. Let's talk a little bit about the Beatles. Yeah, dude. Rocky Raccoon. My mom and dad both, but my pops put me on mm. to the White Album. We had it on vinyl. And I remember actually going to get it on CD with him. And um, the Beatles have obviously like so many classic records front to back, but like that's the one that I never get tired of listening to, like all I mean, front to back. Double disc, you can't go Dude, wrong. I mean, double disc, double. It's it's a it's an absolute masterpiece. The songwriting is amazing, but Rocky Raccoon was my father's like favorite song. He would play it all the time, and. Um, it's it's will be forever one of my absolute favorite songs. Yeah. Lyrically, it tells such a classic story of a man trying to fight for a girl. A love triangle. And and Lil McGill. And um it's just such a classic story that a lot of people can relate to. Of course. And the way that it was delivered, it has such a raw organic feel it sounds like just like some guy just who went through this playing his guitar sitting on a front porch over some whiskey like telling like telling his his boy you know what happened right yeah you know what i mean it's uh it was uh paul mccartney obviously he's on the vocals and uh he wrote the song uh it was one of the tracks that they did in india um they were out in india learning transcendental meditation Mm -hmm. from the maharishi you know, spiritual vibes. Did Paul Paul McCartney wrote it? Paul McCartney wrote it, but John it was credited Lennon. as Lennon McCartney, as most okay, tracks okay, were back okay, then. Okay, and okay. it was it was McCartney, but uh, Lennon, and then there was another fellow. Uh, you're familiar with Donovan? He was like a Scottish rocker, kind of kind of a wave. Just so. you know, his own trippy songs from the late '60s, and uh, mm-hmm. he was with them on the yes, retreat. Yes, 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 Donovan, yes, yes. Yeah. Wildcat, but uh, he contributed apparently to some of the. Uh, uh, you know, 
instrumentation or something on the uh, the actual song, but it was a it was a Paul song, you know. Nice, nice. And uh, that's a sentimental one too for me too. I mean, uh, everyone knew her as Nancy, and uh, that's my mama's name. And uh, yeah, when right. I make playlists for her, I always have to put on Rocky Raccoon because it's a it's a staple for sure. My favorite line is um, it's the it's the best when he's talking to the doctor. Rocky Rocky gets spoiler alert. Rocky gets shot. In a shootout <laughs> over his woman. That's right. And um, he goes to the doctor, and the doctor, he, the doctor, they, because it's in a you know, like a mountain town, right? Out Midwest, the doctor's drunk and everything. And he says, "Rocky, you met your match." And Rocky said, "Doc, that's only, only a scratch. scratch." That's right. And I'll be better. I'll be better as soon as I'm able. Damn straight. And then he just, and then it goes back back into it. That's it's, it's just, a classic song. It's an amazing song, and great song. It's right one now. of those songs too. Again, if you play that for, I was playing it outside one time, um, of a college house, like sure. when we were just fucking around, and Gabe came out. Oh and, right. Oh, you're playing on acoustic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our our friend Gabe, That's who right. you know he's he's just not someone who like would go out of his way for for like to find music he he likes good songs and everything i'm not saying that but right. um he's not an audio file let's I put stopped. it at that he's not yeah. an audio file and i and i was playing it and i stopped and he goes no 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 no. keep going i, I got <laughs> i have to know what happens to rocky right and it's i dude i've never had a song like that sure as much as that like you you want to hear and you feel you love rocky right you fall for you rocky, champion you know? that character oh yeah. you, you want rocky to to win and that's the, just a testament to the uh mccartney lennon uh songwriting abilities but absolutely yeah, great track a lot of time on that song but that it's worth it oh, of course um next track brown sugar d'angelo <sighs> so wow. people all including myself always go to voodoo for like you know his, yeah. his magnum opus and all that and dude i mean so good i always talk about it but 1995. Damn, my parents might have conceived me to that shit, bro. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, you you never never know. know. You never know. But, like, Primo's beat, Devil's Pie, um, and, uh, oh my god, what's the bass player's name? Whatever, Voodoo is a legendary, legendary record. Yeah. But, um, I think that D'Angelo Brown Sugar album, and the first song, like, as it opens up. Yeah, Brown Sugar. It's so fucking smooth and all, all so the, all the instrumentation smooth. done by him with dude. programming uh drums programmed by ali from tribe right 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 yeah. right right, yeah. dude and it is it is just fucking grooved that yeah. whole record the shit damn motherfucker track yep insane that's just just Cruising. sex bro that's just just sex it's on wild wax. it's wild and so i put brown sugar on because mm. For me, like if I'm going back and listening to D'Angelo, I tend to put on that first record, that first album first, I mean, actually. First, yeah, that album, that record. For, that was the lead single off the album, too. That's just. That's There's just a different. reason why, like, obviously, you know, he's gone through so many things, but. Um, there's a reason. There's a testament, and there's a reason why his career has spanned. Oh yeah. And continues to span, and even though he doesn't have that many drops, they're right. so legendary. It's like what we were saying before. Like, you could you could put that record in a crowd of millions and millions, and it will just stand out above all Timeless. else. 
it's it's absolutely fucking perfectly done and he's an absolute legendary artist 100 percent. yeah 10 crack commandments great transition love it one of my favorite hip-hop songs um shout out dj premiere again again, yeah. again again another double disc too another double disc album life after death such a such a heavy influence for me when i kind of took a step back from music and hip-hop um there were certain songs that you just i'd hear or or i'd put on for whatever reason i'd <clears throat> you know, that'd just be like fucked up at a party and be like, oh, you know, whatever. We all and been there. Yeah. That's and that song, dude, will always, always I mean, get from me the to jump. another level One, and two, immediately three, four, want me five, to go six. start right. fucking making beats and <sighs> and hustling. Yeah. <laughs> Getting that money. Dude, that's right. It's a Yeah. Again with big that. like with Biggie's storytelling, such a monumental figure, of course. And such a crazy big influence, but that song was always for me. I mean, just a dirty, grimy vibe. I fucking love it. It's just Biggie, it's hard. With, just Biggie coming with his bars per usual, and then you got the the Public Enemy. You got Chuck D on there with the countdown, and you just got that. It's just hip hop, pure hip hop, pure yeah. aggression. Yep, pure. Yeah, just raw, real entertainment. Yeah. It's like watch. It's like watching a gangster movie. Right. You know what I mean. A hundred percent. Like you, you do. You're not. I don't want to go watch something clean. Like I want to. I don't want to listen to something right. too clean, too did, too sterile, or like too sanitized. You know sure. what I mean. So that shit. I was just dirty. Just as yeah. And like I was telling you the other day, like DJ Premier, one of the the he's goaded, but just I feel like. I mean, obviously, in the hip hop community, gets his roses and everything. Yeah, he gets, gets his, his flowers. Stars, but but like, in terms of like just broad general love of music, like I feel like that man needs to be showered. Yeah, every you know? everyone should have like a portrait of him. <laughs> That's right. He's had and just so consistent. Oh, <clears throat> and such a when when you hear him talk about hip hop and music in general. Um, like my, my one boy is interact, like interacted with him so much down in Queens and, um, he, the owner of this one, this one place that they go to always wears obscure band t-shirts. Okay. And apparently Primo always knows him, <laughs> always knows like whoever it is. Like, oh, of course. Like, like Pete, his knowledge just, just, <clears throat> and again, that, that comes from the whole DJing. Right. But also it's the same thing with a dude like Questlove, but also... I think he's another level of of student. It's like here's a guy who could have the biggest ego in the industry and instead he's looking for something new and fresh. Right. And never letting his ego get in the way. That's like alchemist too. And right. that's why these these men have continued to get better and better and better and continue working with incredible people and like are at the height of their careers right now keeping their ear to the streets always always looking for what's fresh and new and over time they're gonna get those legends on their track you know they're gonna have they have jay-z and they have everyone biggie on those discographies but 
you know, I remember even when I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the track, but remember when he just like, and it was early in Joey's days, like in Pro Air was popping, but they ho uh, Joey hopped on the premiere track and it was like a single. Unorthodox, I think that was the name of it or something. They oh, that it he off. produced for them. Yeah, no, no, uh, it was just Joey. It was just Joey over a premiere beat. I yeah, think it was yeah, Unorthodox. Yeah. And I was just Yeah, like, but no, they released that together. I'm pretty yeah, sure. They, no. He didn't just, like, you know, in those mixtapes. Yeah, days, it wasn't he, like 1999 was rapping yeah, exactly, on like MF Doom exactly. beats. It was like, no. no he it was, put out a track. It wasn't exactly, Unorthodox. Yeah. Exactly. But when that came out, I was just like, Again, another example Still of going. DJ. And dude, I what I do with my Buonani sound, yeah. what Lock and I do with the translation sound, we're just trying to get to the point where we develop into, like people know that, oh, that's a Buonani beat. Right. And no one has conquered that more than DJ Premier. Oh, 100%. No one. Yeah, you just know, and those scratches come on. You and know. It's just like, and yeah. it's funny, he was saying in an interview how he doesn't like you know, cameras to, he doesn't want people to necessarily see his entire process. Right. And it's because he's got his tricks clearly because his sound is completely one of a kind. Without a doubt. You just know. Um, sticking with Primo. Okay. Above the clouds, Gangstar. Wow. Next. Okay. Next. I mean, I, I like had a hard time again picking like what Gangstar track that is or what gangstar track to pick sure but um it was a it was an early put on for me yeah so it's like okay i'll, I'll rock with this this is one of the earlier joints from gangstar that you that, that i was put on sure, to. yeah sure, yeah sure. how i don't even remember right. usually the maybe, same exact maybe, way maybe like... my older brother or something i okay. i don't know mark to think. yeah shout out mark shout out my brother mark that's puts, right puts me on to all the hippest shit yeah, man. Puts me on on the all of his vinyl. Of course. So many. I've made so many beats from his vinyls. <laughs> That's, hey, if you so got an expansive discography, or not discography, I'm sorry. If you got an expansive library of music, folks, don't be sitting on it. Go out and share that music with everybody. That's <laughs> yeah, what it's exactly, for. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Don't let it just sit there. Don't let it dwindle. Shout um, out Gangstar. Shout out Guru. Shout out Guru and, yeah, Primo again. Of course. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan Tears. Wow, oh, probably my track. favorite track off that album, dude. Yeah, and I don't know. I I could be completely wrong about this. I don't know if that is that always looked at as people's like, like I feel like when when I talk to, I like, mean, it's you know, on the same album as Cream, bro. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, I don't know. I love the way that um, that they took the sample, mm. and RZA for me. And see, it's funny. Like I like to describe his production as like lo-fi production especially back then yeah but when people think lo-fi they think of that like lo-fi beats sure. to study to sound right, that's not right. what i'm talking about no but just that raw like everything's everything's clipping but it's going through the, that old fucking mpc hardware and shit yeah that dirty dirty rizza sound mm -hmm. with just a absolutely gorgeous gorgeous soul sample Wendy the top. yeah yes and and the reason why I picked that was a, it's always been one of my favorites, but b, I taught a class in sampling, and I like to use that track because it's a pretty obvious sample. Like sure. if you show them the original and right. then show them how they like, it's dope enough to see what he did with it, and like, oh, he turned this into a masterpiece. Right. But you, it's kind of more digestible than 
showing something that has like a crazy chop. Yeah, and then incorporating it into the songwriting, and Rizda comes in with the first verse, and then just like the storytelling throughout. And that's the other thing. Again, it is that's a song that you literally feel like you're watching a movie. Right, it's a scene from a movie. Mm -hmm. It's a concept song. And they took that sample and they reworked it, added added those crazy <clears throat> drums and the bass lines and yeah, one of the I mean that album is just is top ten hip hop albums of all time. I think most people oh, would fuck, agree, yeah. if not five. I don't know, like Absolutely. everyone's got their own opinions on that. But I mean, on an album <clears throat> with Cream, Wu Tang Clan, nothing to fuck with. Bring the Ruckets, yeah. Protect your neck, Method Man. You know, it's like and tears would be considered the deep cut and yet that's like probably like the the crown jewel of the album you know oh yeah it's just that's <laughs> yeah. the song insert audio that, clip dude. right yeah, you know? it's crazy yeah just um, legendary Ooh, this is a good one i can't get next to you by the temptations okay i think it was off of puzzle people hold on okay puzzle people they you got a bit more of a deeper knowledge drop. of uh so the temps were my first musical inspiration. Beautiful. Brought on from my, my dad. My parents, both my parents, but my dad, um, he had like also, he had this Temptations Greatest Hits thing that I used to play all the time. And then he had like Soul Train box set and all this stuff. And I was always digging for the temps. But that song specifically, he bought one of their CDs when we were, um, when we were in Manhattan one time. And when we were driving back, he put on the whole thing. And for whatever reason, I'm, I had to have been like five years old. I, this is my earliest musical memory. And that song, the I Can't Get Next to You song stuck out with me. And they go back and forth and they're like, they talk about like these certain superpowers that they have. But but all but the only thing they can't they can't get next to you right. like that you know what I mean right and uh, and I remember asking my mom because she was in the car too the next day I was like yo mom what was that song what was that song th- about the guys with superpowers <laughs> and right. it was that and dude that started it all then they were my first concert like two years later them with the four tops oh, and wow. then that just that just spun off into this massive love of motown and soul music yeah. from from early childhood and then that led me into wanting to play bass because motown's bass player james jamerson was one in i mean still one of the most iconic bass players of all time especially like with fathering an electric style the way he did and creating that motown sound so from that song it 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 spawned so much to me that had to put it in there yeah i mean there's so much that's like the, that's the origin that's a, that's a superhero origin story for bonani right there i mean that song is dude i'm yeah. telling you and, and i still picture i'm we had like a mini some minivan at the time and i was like <laughs> right. in the back and it's in the back seat yeah crazy i wonder i want to know exactly what age i was but I mean, it had to be, you know, early, early days. and Early, early, early. Yeah, the, this, that seed was planted, and you can just see, I mean, obviously, like we've talked about, you have such a diverse, you know, uh, taste in music. And blues, soul, jazz is just the common thread throughout, you know, your whole, you know, yeah, even library of music and what you produce. Yeah, so 
I mean, temptations being there from the jump, I mean, it just makes so much sense. And and um, my first concert. And your Again, first concert, that's always, yeah. Um, from there, we go to As, Stevie Wonder. Oh, Songs in the Key oh. of Dude, that, um, that's my mom's favorite song off the album. So wow. that's why I picked it. And that just that chorus, when the choir comes in, <laughs> sure. it, breathtaking. Goosebumps. Yeah. I don't know. It's to me there's so few individuals like because with like with Mike, right? With Michael Jackson, like, okay, you can go on and on and on and a performer and a singer and all these things and but Quincy was such a quintessential part of thriller and the and a lot of that work. But with Stevie, it's like you have the front man and then just that music genius in just one man. And obviously all the musicians he's working alongside of but when you get an album like Songs in the Key of Life, it's a, ma- it's just it's a true masterpiece. True masterpiece. I from a saw true master him of the perform craft. it front to back. That's right. And like late, like not that far, like not that ago. long like ago. I was like, yeah. what, five years ago or something? Yeah. I got I got a speeding ticket on the way back. <laughs> just Going too back hyped up. Island, yeah. Man, legendary. Um, Great dude, pick. So yeah, I mean, I could have picked. Anyway. Literally, I could have picked any Stevie Wonder song, but <laughs> right, right. that song is my mother's favorite, and. Um, Again, that chorus gets me every time. Um, heavenly, man, heavenly. Ooh, next one, Jumping Jack Flash, The oh, Stones. Oh, now we're getting started, my yeah, boy. Bro, yeah. Yes, sir, some Stones. Dude, we hit them with the Beatles song. early, and then now we're on The Stones. Bro, okay. Because that there's, that's, I mean, for like our parents, that was, that was like a divide. There was yeah, like, no, you're a Beatles fan or you're a Stones fan, and eventually, like, if you were one, you're like, all right, I fuck with these guys too. But after years, right? It was a thing that was like a West Coast, East Coast type of thing. Yeah, but, and it's so stupid. Right. But I mean, I get for it. us, it's Look, just it's just love. Yeah, we yeah. But I get music. it. Like, right? The Stones were way more punk rock. Like mm-hmm. they were way more dirty. They but were with way blues more... roots, like yeah, fuck yeah. But that's that's that right. sleaze. They were right. they weren't a, a, afraid to show that they were you know right. A little gritty and fucked up on the side. Right. The Beatles, them suits on. And yeah, they were and look, all even back, back then, the right. fact that they had long hair at all was a big deal. To, sure, as you know, uptight, conservative crowd. But the um, the Stones were just enough. They brought another level of sex. Right. And Jumpin' Jack Flash is to this day one of the hardest songs. And a and single too. It wasn't even on the album. It was. It was just a single. Uh, it, they they put on well, like a greatest hits album later. It or whatever. Brian but. Jones, what that was what? like Brian Jones era. Uh, oh, oh 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 yeah. Um, so but produced yeah. by Jimmy uh, Jimmy Miller yeah. Okay nice yeah. nice I yeah. didn't I didn't know that. There you go. There we go. Nineteen what was it? Nineteen sixty eight. Sixty eight. What was the? It was a single like I said. What was the B side? Any idea? No idea. Child of the Moon. Don't know. It. Not so familiar with that one, but. Just a little factoid I for gotta, you. I got to listen to that on the way back. I but have to know the B-side. Legendary. Dude, that song is so dirty, and it has such a good groove. Mm. Um, yeah. Ch- the, uh, Charlie Watt on the on the drums is all is way overlooked because he was never, he was always willing to sit back, but his groove was so tight. Right. And Jumpin' Jack Flash. One of the best, one oh, of the best yeah. in the discography, for sure. Forget it, bro. And Brian Forget Jones it. on that rhythm guitar. And that's one member of the Rolling Stones that, like, I got a personal love for. And I feel like because he got kicked out, he doesn't get, like, that 
praise that Mick gets the front man up, of course, the sex symbol. Everyone loves Mick, and then you right. got Keith, the crazy man, and I'm, I'm like, I'm the guitar, and uh, you know, but I the feel man like, who can't ever be killed. Right, he's just immortalized. But uh, but shout out Brian Jones. Legend. Shout out Brian Jones. Um. Okay, a new Mad Lib release next. Because okay. it's uh, it's such a unique sound to me. That album that just came out like within the last yeah, year. Yeah, and he put out the single Road of the Lonely Ones. Oh, now we're talking. I'm, I think I showed you that and you were like, yup. And then... No, 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 no. I don't know. No, I no, was no, playing don't it and you were like... Don't even go there, son. Because let me tell you why. Right. There's a reason why I have that. Sure. And then why I have what's next. Okay. And that's... um. He did, he did, I don't actually see, I'm, I should fucking know this. this, is embarrassing that I don't, because I really only focused in on that one song, but he did that with uh, Fortet. Yeah, who yeah, is, that project. Who's like, who is my favorite electronic music artist. Sure. I mean. So, so when that came out, I think the way they, you can't, you can't call that album like, straight hip-hop you can't call that album straight electronic like that is in a league of its own combining just different jo- I, I think that's a sound of a future like right. they're way ahead of the game just with fusion that. how much they're bringing to the table and what Absolutely. they're offering and like it's just it, it's just a full spectrum it's just a rainbow of just music it just hits different and that song in particular i mean that's a standout for me yeah so um the the sample the, I love the drums in it, but I had I had to include that and again back to influence Madlib is I could have put so many different Madlib tracks and Madlib beats, um, but this is I'm telling I was so impressed with where he went with that song in particular right you know so I figured I'd add him Fortet and then on the Fortet level. I have it moving into She Moves She, which I definitely showed also you the song before. Um, By the way, that sample in that other ones was The Ethics. It was Lost in a Lonely World was the sample for that Oh, track. okay, dope, but, dope. Uh, but Fortet, yeah, carrying that comment thread from that last track. Yeah, that album's insane. She Moves She. She Moves She. Self-explanatory if you hear it. Yeah. I, I don't dive into the electronic music world as much, but... Fortet is just someone who I have so much respect for from the musicality of his music. Um, and he, he's he's just such a unique, unique artist. He does crazy all vinyl sets that I love. Um, he does a lot of work with like with di- with different hardware synthesizers and incorporating different hardware into his live sets. Um, so it's like I, I look at him as such a well-round, well-rounded electronic-based musician. Sure. You know? He's not just like your run-of-the-mill dude pressing buttons. He's actually has a vast knowledge of the equipment, vast knowledge of music in general, where he's yes. pulling from a lot of sources and bringing it into his performances. So he's really coming he's, at you with like he's a real bringing... DJ set where you're going to get the full experience and not just a dude pressing buttons and everybody jump. You know, right. like it's it's... No, absolutely. That's and music right there. The other thing is it's so hard to make electronic music musical and soulful. Right. And he does it in such a unique way. Right. You know? Breaking through the machine and giving you feel. Yes. And he actually manages to do that 
as an electronic artist. Absolutely. Yeah. Another low-key track, and I'm gonna let you keep going, but uh, As Serious As Your Life on oh, that same yes. project. That's like my oh, favorite yes. off that album, and damn, does that hit. Like, I'll play that. Like, when you were saying earlier, like, getting you hyped up, if I want to go to an electronic song to get me hyped up, that's that's one of my go-to. Or in the gym sure. or something. Which one? In the, no, in the gym, I'm saying. Oh, for any any context. Yeah. yeah. He he has a song. It's off a different project, but it's like one of his most popular one that's called, uh, I think it's called Baby. Yeah, Baby. Yeah, Baby, and, yep. And, um, dude, it bumps so hard. I love. It's one of my favorite songs to drive to. Okay. And it's always like, it's, it's much more uh, commercially digestible for the average listener who's right. not into going deep so it's like always the first fortet track that you you, you can show suggest of course yeah personality crisis the new york dolls okay first song off their first project okay they're one of my f- they are top three favorite punk bands of all time they're one of my favorite bands of all time for sure johnny thunders is one of my favorite like guitar figures of all time and <laughs> notice he didn't say player folks he just said figures no i mean no i love his his style of course it's, of course it's it's what i dig it's that it's like sloppy grimy right st- uh bluesy style but he i mean dude he he he's he went through some shit <laughs> so you, you know what i mean sure but um dude they do not get the credit for the influence that they have that they have had on music and no one understands how big of a phenomena they were in new york city mm. in that um that like saint mark's place village uh andy warhol era right of new york city mm, that scene and that's what you got you NYC. gotta read the i tell everyone this yeah. anyone who's listening to this anyone Read the book "Please Kill Me" by Legs McNeil. Well, Legs McNeil put it together. He had people, everyone from the New York Dolls to to the Ramones uh, to Patti Smith, anyone who was involved. Um, Richard Hell, anyone who was involved in this ni- late nineteen sixties to nineteen seventies artistic subculture that was based in new york city of that spawned the punk and and certain art that is still just so influential today um he he has it chronologicalized so he has all of their perspectives telling the same story okay so you'll hear the perspective from someone talking about what they saw andy warhol doing at that night right and uh so much so like a collage of like yeah, but it's from real words of the real people. Of and Legs McNeil, who he's the founder of Punk Magazine, which is what coined the term punk music out of New York City, pieced it all together in just the most incredible way ever. Another thing my brother put me onto, but one of the things that I noted or I I found so interesting in that book is even me like I saw the New York Dolls at the Fillmore East um, when they were old, obviously. And they still had such a presence, but it was fashionable to go to a Dolls show in the 70s. Mm. Like, you wanted to be seen at a New York Dolls show if you wanted to be hip to that crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they just That was the whole era back then. That was like... But them. Them in particular? and, And they were like one of those stars that they were so hot 
and so outlandish it, it, it right. wasn't it it just couldn't it last. was the music and, and the I fashion think was, and the art that came together and just like this collage of crazy and like from the nightlife to like you said in new york and you add i mean like like blondie or like and warhol and uh, Velvet Underground and all mm-hmm. these cats, Basquiat, all these cats coming together from those different worlds and just doing crazy shit. And yeah, and there's a reason why. I mean, it's not just in the '70s. Always right. that artists that blow up and everything can't like don't succeed. But the thing with the Dolls was they never got their, re- re- they never really got their chance past New York. Mm-hmm. Like they went on a London tour, and then that kind of when is when everything started going to shit. They barely got like a second album out, wow. and now they have. Now they're going out and making music as a new as a new group and everything. But to have the original Dolls, um, it, it's it, it was such a short lived thing, and they were so they were so influential to a specific scene. Oh yeah, and they never got the credit unless you were there, right? You know what? Unless you know, it. sure. I was waiting for the New York Dolls. Uh, yeah, they have it to come to in. Yeah, it. then they're just their level of fuck you to everything. Oh yeah, the like I'm gonna just dress in a dress and have my hair be ten feet high. Right. And like you know what I mean? They're they're crazy. Leon Russell out in the woods. Okay. Another person I could have picked any song. This is off a Carnival record. Mm-hmm. It's called Carnival, which I re I really love. Um, and it's definitely a deep cut on the record. Right. But, um, cause I'm not super familiar with it. I know my, a bunch of songs on the record, but not that one. It's, it's one of my favorites. And the grooves, the grooves there. Um, but just, man, shout out to probably my favorite songwriter of all time. One of, one of my, if I were to ever get a tattoo of a musical artist, he would be, he would be on my list of like top three probably. Okay, like a portrait, like a, yes, like a face yes. of Leon Russell. Because to me, he is another one who's just so overlooked, has had so much influence on so many different artists, and has been behind so many projects and so many songs. He's such an amazing song. Like a song for you is one of them, if not the most recorded song, songs of all time oh. by, by everyone, right. everyone. Donny Hathaway. Um, and he has a lot of those that people don't even realize it's a Leon Russell song because it's right. done by everyone else. Right. Um, everyone knows like Elton John gives him all of his like, you know, influence. He's like, Leon was God right. to me. Um, and you can kind of see so that many more common people. thread. Absolutely. Yeah. And music. when he when he came out with uh, but with he was the band leader for Joe Cocker's band. Yeah. That Mad Dogs and Englishman record is a, one of my favorite records of all time. That's right. Like he's he is behind so much incredible stuff, and then he actually ended up opening up a studio, um, in a in like an abandoned church down south. Wow. And he would have people just roll through constantly it's a similar situation like primo where yeah he never got to the point where he was like oh i'm a star i'm not making music it's like no this is what i do right in the shadows this is what i th- i make music it's not about whether i'm gonna be a star and but like no i'm i am making music with people that i think are, are dope right for the craft 
not the things that come with the craft. You yes. know, like the uh, intangibles or yes. whatever. You know, like. And don't get me wrong. He get, definitely got paid. Oh, yeah. Just for, you, he probably, you could make from a song for, like, a song for you. Alone. Yeah. yeah. Like, what you, How many covers, you know? But, dude, Leon is a uh, huge, huge, huge influence. Switch it up. Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> dude, they, they had, um, the project that they, that they put out, the first, what, the, um, oh, my God, what's it called? What what would uh what would Sheen Gun do or whatever? What would Sheen do? What, their first collective collective thing. album? Yeah. Oh man. WWCD. Oh okay. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I was was that their first? As a collective, I thought all I think three it was yeah. the first okay. that, that they put it out. Yeah, you might But yeah. um that track City on the Map with fifty cent. Yep. The Dude. beat's just so fucking hard. It's, yeah, there's, it's hard to pick on that one, but that one in particular is a fucking banger. Yes. Um, so I wanted to throw on there. Bill Evans Trio. So there we go. It's a Leon Russell <laughs> Griselda, Bill Evans Trio, My Foolish Heart. Okay. Um, Bill Evans bass player Scott LaFaro is one of my early influences for Upright Bass. Yeah, man. And he had such a short-lived life and career he didn't start playing bass until he was like 15 or 16. And then he passed away at like 23 or 24. And he's the bass player? Yeah, and he's on, you know, all of the early Bill Evans trio stuff and mm. is just such an influential bass player. As um, we're in the jazz den, folks, of the studio. As we're in the jazz Shout den. Shout out Bill yeah. Evans trio. And Bill Evans is just so iconic. His not only songwriting, but he can take any jazz standard and just turn it into this intense emotional experience for the listener and he will that's why he's one of the greatest musicians not only jazz musicians of all time and that's the song my foolish heart is is an amazing standard in general and i love love it i said no one for me um oscar peterson Bags Groove. Okay, another one. It's a like a blues-based um, track off his Night Train album. And again, it's partially because of the bass player. Um, Ray Brown plays bass on it. And he's him, you know, Ron Carter, Scott LaFaro, like I said. These guys were all people who, as I was learning the upright bass... I was trying to emulate them, especially Ray Brown, because I always felt he was able to sit in the pocket the best. Okay. Bags Groove? Bags Groove. Gotcha. Off Night Train. Uh, Miles Davis, Freddie Freeloader. Wow. Classic, classic. We're going yeah, I had to, deep. Folks. I had to pick something deep. off Kind of Blue. Mm-hmm. Just because How of the influence that it had on music in general, and really in like, in culture, like you see it, you see it a lot in in modern hip hop and stuff. There's like references to Miles Davis and Kind of Blue, but but like cats don't really understand just what he brought to the table. I mean, he was someone like Herbie Hancock or Quincy Jones who like was always able to adjust with the times right. and still be making their shit the hippest. Yes. It's not like they're trying to play catch up. 
Right. It's like they're constantly setting and also adapting. Adapting. Yeah. No, so, 100%. Fun fact, kind of blue. Because I used to always go to like thrift shops and pick up, because um, I, I still I drive an 08 uh, Toyota. So uh, we still got that CD player in that bitch. Hell yeah. And, uh, and my first car, Chevy Blazer, only had CD player, no aux cord. So I always uh, make it a thing to visit thrift stores, Goodwills, Savers, whatever, Salvations, and, and hit that uh, CD department and go for the dollar CDs they got. And I uh, came across Kind of Blue, so I was like, a dollar? Say no more. <laughs> got it. You know, only five tracks on that album, but anytime I knew I had like a one, two-hour car ride, especially, and for people who don't know, my, my brother uh, Philly here, a.k.a. Bonani, <laughs> We met one another in college and uh, uh, out in Long Island. And uh, anytime I'd have to drive uh, back and forth or, you know, to my home in Connecticut, uh, be putting on Miles Davis, especially leaving New York. When I'm like, and it was the night, uh, like, just like a by myself just dolo, cruise to it. cruising to kind of blue. It was the perfect way to leave the city or Long Island, wherever, wherever part I was at. And it's just like, you know, the credits of a movie, you know, like oh, yeah. it was always a movie. Well, it opens out with us, up you know? with, uh, with so what a baseline. <laughs> Is that the right? Yeah. 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 Cold. Got to learn that as a bass player growing up. Yeah. It's a rite of passage. That's legendary. Kind of blue. Shout out Miles. Um. All right. I I'll 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 skip some, but I'll just I'll give me the heavy hitters. Give yeah, me, yeah. You know, I'll give you. Can't you see Marshall Tucker Band? Oh baby. Yeah. Oh baby. I had to, I had to have that on. That was necessary. Yes sir. It's uh reminds me of my mom a lot. She Same. loves the Marshall Tucker Band and yep. a lot of the dope southern. Did she rock. have the vinyl? Cuz I, I think my parents yeah. had it. Yeah. Oh yeah, had to. dude. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think um, I stole that. I think it's in my room right now. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Amazing band. I mm. saw them again like actually not that long ago with her and a lot of that southern rock has so much soul and blues influence yes. that people don't realize yes. i mean everyone knows ccr and stuff right and can't you see is a very popular song but um it's it's a very it's a dude like that is such an american sound mm. you know what i mean it's 100%. it's it's legendary yeah. and they're so good and there's so many different elements of gospel and yeah, the Blues. emotion in that track yeah, is undeniable. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, Marshall Tucker Band, yeah. Um, all right, yeah, yeah. I have to give the man a shout-out. Damu the Fudge Monk. Um, another introduction off his How It Should Sound. I think it's volume one. He does them in different volumes. Damu the Fudge Monk is... One of my absolute favorite beat makers. Really? And okay. one of my biggest influences sound wise, the way he chops his break and stuffs and stuff. He's strictly he's still to this day like he's an MPC user. So he uses that old school gear, floppy disk and all. And um he is fucking brilliant. Like I, I saw him sit behind a drum kit and people would just say, they'd call out a break. Like, say, the 
a break from this song, or, and he'd, he'd be able to play it. He'd just pull it. Because that's how deep his knowledge of record digging goes. Wow. And he's so, like, he's not, him and the next guy I'm about to mention are not, like, all over social media, but everything they do is so hip-hop. It's all, right. like, all their artwork, all their, the video that they put out down to the hip-hop that they make is so raw and organic to the original form that it's incredible but he has the beefiest and fattest drums on his track and what's and, and what's this one track and what project? uh another introduction another introduction you know what uh album it happens to be off or no well it's one of the how it should sounds i think it's okay. the first one he does them as here it says it's he has it on volume one and two okay but um oh i got you Yep. Dude, it's so it's so good. Same thing. This other guy is a West Coast, very very underground cat. I've tried to find more about him and everything. Like he's still just like all these guys go on their band camp and support their band camp. Also, they it's I'm talking to them like they're kids. These men have been been in the <laughs> game. Like they've right been in the game, and that's why they're so influential to me. Uh, can kick. Okay. Uh, again, West Coast Cat, the finer things off from Arts Unknown, featuring Doctor Oop. Got you. Okay. And um, dude, I I probably the first time I heard it, I probably listened to it like a hundred times that day, <laughs> just on repeat. Okay. On repeat, and he's someone who I just really try to emulate his style because it's. It sounds way more like open and non-complicated than what it is. Like to and the way his his shit grooves, like his bass lines are just in the pocket in a way that like it's just something that I try to get my shit to do. So Damu the Fudge Monk and Can Kick. Go Sleeper check both picks, those yeah. out. Uh, three more, three more. Yeah, no, keep them going. The Narrow Path, Blue in Exile. Okay. Um, Not familiar. It's off the Below the Heavens track. And the reason why I put this on was that was something that I was really listening to when I first started making beats on Machine. So Exile as a producer just had such a heavy, heavy early influence on me. And Blue, Blue is a rapper too, man. Like he just has, he is such a, he has such a unique style and flow, but the thing, the way, the things that he raps about and how he raps about them is so cool. Like, I, I heard Exile talking about the type of rapper that he likes, and one of the things he, he was saying was that he likes when people find that fine line between consciousness but making it sound, like, like hard still, not doing any corny shit, you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's, there's, it's so easy if you're trying to put out like a song with a positive message or something coming off to make it sound whack yeah and no oh dude that's when art is preachy or pretentious or telling that is my least favorite thing in the fucking world whether it be comedy music um literature like step out of that fucking lane you're not you're not like trying to preach to anyone right all art form is subjective 
Yes. It's subjective. You're, it's, it's supposed to be internalized by the person who's receiving it. And you're not, you're not supposed to be preaching your ways. Right. So I fucking hate that shit. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Let them know. Let them yeah, know. Yeah, this yeah. is important. Um, but Blue and Exile were super, super early influences. So I had to put something from Below Another the Heavens on. Yes, sir. Um, no, no, no. That was the Damu song, The Narrow Path. The Narrow Path? Yeah. Gotcha. Blue and Exile. One more 70s band uh, from that scene with Richard Hell as a frontman, Television. Um, if you listen to their record, like the, I have See No Evil on here. It's from Marky Moon, which is a record that came out in 1977. If you listen to that record now, there's no reason why that can't be like one like it's a, oh this is a new band from from what out of like a nashville scene like indie scene or some shit. <laughs> right right but right. way way doper way better right like i shouldn't i shouldn't say that but but it still stands up to today's music yeah. it's be like i still can't believe that that record was made in 1977 okay and Marky Moon in general is just a phenomenally put together album and in a time where they were surrounded by all of this hard-hitting simple three-chord punk music they were actually making this like really um I don't I, I don't let me think of the right word I don't want to call it complex but more complex punk music that still had that aggressive feel and gotcha. that aggression towards it right I put Jorge onto them the other day. He's okay. He he's really obsessed. And <laughs> then um, all right, one more, one more, one more, one more. All right, let's go. <laughs> Many men wish death <laughs> on me. Let's Get Richard go. die trying. Oh baby, what a fucking mm. chef's kiss, fellas, dude. Let's go. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um. First of all, get Richard Die Trying was just and and the Massacre, but like were early hip hop purchases that right. I made for our age group. That was I mean we're like nine or ten years old at that yeah. point. So this is like we're just like tasting hip hop. Well, the no, first not time. even that. Like it's the first time that like I could go out and get it. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So I went with my mom, and she had to get it for me. Yeah. Yep. So, Fun fact, my brother got it for Christmas, I think. The clean version of The Massacre. Not Get Rich, but The Massacre on CD. Yo, me too. Yo. Because we bought it at Walmart. Yeah. And I didn't know no, you didn't. Yeah. that they only sold the clean shit. Yeah. That's the thing. My parents were always very cool. Like they weren't like that. They weren't strict in terms of like giving yeah, us no, art no, in its no, pure no. form. But like for whatever reason, and again, I was I was super young at the time. But my brother had the clean version of the mask, and I remember playing it one day <laughs> and throwing it into because we had like a six CD uh, player attached to like these big ass speakers in my basement, and uh, I was like, let's go for it. Yes. And you know, every other word just bleeped yeah. out. Uh, uh, you know, and just not you can the same. still get the feel of it, but yeah, no, but that that record, um, get Richard Die Trying in general, right. huge huge influence just because of like how monumental he was, kind of in that right. scene, like at the time and everything. This, yep. I mean, he's always such a Fifty will forever be a legend. Um, but I remember going and driving to early studio sessions in high school. Sure, when I was again like first recording with people um 
first making beats. I, I shouldn't say first rec- first recording hip hop right. and making beats. Buonani, formerly known as Philly Beats. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Philly Beats. <laughs> and I have a lot of memories of the, the dudes that I was making music with at the, t- at the time bumping that Many Men track. And every time, like on the way to the studio, just to get hyped, that right. comes on, bro, forget it. There's everyone's going nuts. Yeah. Nuts. And he, Such a hard song. He had so many of those too. I mean, obviously, like in the club was what that was. That was just a whole just Yeah. Other thing, but but many men was like Dude, it's another level. Yeah. I wanna say like obviously it's anthemic, but it was like the song it was the fifty cent song above all others. Just the energy that comes through, and it just embodies everything that Fifty is, right? And Hell like yeah. so many great verses, so many great tracks, and even on that album alone. But many men, and how many times? Like it's been like interpolated, and it's been sampled. Like Pop Smoke put it. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like it's everywhere because people recognize how great. I like that a, Pop Smoke thing. That yeah, me too. That that first like posthumous uh, album they put out with Pop. Yeah, that, but, that shit, I, that stuff is always so questionable. But that song's dope. Oh yeah. But it's, yeah, it's impossible to not make that shit hard. Right. That source material. How it comes in. Right. And I was thinking about it when I was making this, and... Who recorded those gunshots? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? No, I was thinking how it's a lot of the times, like, on a catchy hook or, or, like, the part that you want everyone chanting... Yeah. you'll have like the drums be hitting the hardest, but that's one where it comes in. Yeah. You don't even need the drums. It's just like you know everyone who's going to be in the car with you or in the arena with you is right. going to be going fucking nuts. That's hands up. Hand, hands yeah, when he comes nuts. out, man, he man. Yeah, it's, it's just... one of those songs that every, I'm well, I'm not going to speak for any anyone, but I'm sure like every hip-hop artist is like, fuck, I wish that was my song. Right. That that I this is one song that I wish that I could walk out. To. This is one song that I wish was, and I have beats like that all the time from right. people. Of course, you wish you had. I that wish in the I catalog. made that. Of course, but I hey. should have made that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that next one's coming, and some oh, other oh, producer, dude, some almost. other artist is gonna be. Damn, I wish I yeah. made that. That that Bonani track. Yes, sir. Um, dude, yeah, but that was so. There's a playlist I made for you. Wow. I'm impressed. There's some continuity continuity to it. But hey. then you have like if we if we were playing it at a set, we probably would have to rearrange where Rocky Raccoon is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes we, and no, you know? Like I I just uh I love the diversity that you came with and um you had a lot of meaning in there and and personal stories as well as uh just like the current affairs you had hey you had some influence in there i mean right? bro like the, you know the what com- i mean because i mean that the music you pull from i mean like some of those joints are just i mean roses heart of the city to kick it off and then rocky and, and the stones and, and all these things like um close to my heart as well yeah. and, and that's a uh, that's something we share is this love of music and everybody really and that's what this is all about carpool Absolutely, radio you dude. know yeah and that's i i like um the fact of the playlist idea like, I, I thought about, and when I was talking to you about it initially, it's like, oh, do I put together, like, I'd love to put together a playlist of 2020, 2021 hip-hop that I've been bumping that I that I think people should hear about. But it's like, 
no, I had to come with every where where I'm coming from as a musician as an and as an artist. Right. You know. I want the most well-rounded take, um, Buonani. I want the listeners to catch, you know, to get a look at the man behind the beats and like. Yeah, you know who I didn't put you. a Motley Crue song on there. <laughs> That's true. I was waiting on that one because you, you came in with the New York Dolls, and I was like, I know Motley Crue is coming up next. No, the, do- the dolls, the, the dolls. Well, the issue, the, the issue is, is that their music, I wouldn't say, is as influential to me. It's sure. them as a whole. Right. Like, even just like reading the dirt as a kid, it's like, <laughs> dude, this, what they were represented an era of rock and how they did it, they did it better than anyone else. And also, I will say that because I don't want it to seem like I don't like their music. Of that 80s era of music, I would never put, I hate putting them and couldn't put them in like that hair metal category. Because there's so much rawer than that. Oh, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. And Nikki Six is a great fucking songwriter, dude. They all are. Oh, 100%. So. Yeah, I was waiting on that Miley Crew reference. But, uh, hey, yeah, the no, whole point sure. of this is we got many more to come. And Abs- hey, we're just dude, cracking I'd... the surface. We're just getting a little look right here. A Absolutely. Taste. I'd love to, love to come back on. Yeah. Um, at Buonani Music. Of Everywhere. Let the people know. Yeah, at Buonani Music, at Translations Music, at The Translations Music. Yes. Shout out my boy Laka. The Translations uh, is the production duo of me and him. Uh, we got a ton of dope shit coming out. Um, I just had a show this past Friday that I threw for the release of a new project I did with uh, Matthew B called Night of the Premiere. Murdered so it. So shout out to my boy Matthew B, crazy rapper. Um my guy Trey Eight performed. Shout out to Trey Eight. I got a bunch of heat coming up with him. Um, my guy GQ performed. He did a translations track, two tracks that I produced also. Um, GQ is about to re- release a project actually in September too. Um, I got another project with my guy Shazil York coming out, who he performed. He's yep. on that premiere project. Um, Ton of ton of projects on the way. I got a new beat tape coming out that consists of all features. So it's it's uh, seven seven beats all with different rappers on it. Um, and the translations also have a beat tape coming out. So a lot of shit locked in. A lot of ammo. A lot of ammo. Always working. Always pushing. I I think. We're always uh, we're always getting better. That's the mentality, folks. That's right. If you ain't getting after it, you nah, ain't getting. Got to keep, got to keep pushing, keep pushing. Don't be afraid to put shit out either. I told I told you this all the time. It, don't be afraid to put shit out because there's ne- a there's never a perfect time, and b you got to have confidence in yourself that your next shit's gonna be doper. Exactly. I can make that heat. I've made that heat. But move on. Don't stick to it. Right. You're gonna make better heat. That's the whole idea. Progression. Right? You're, if you're not get if you're not getting better, then you're fucking up. Exactly. Mona Lisa wasn't the first one off. You know. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think uh, we have a, uh, a few more episodes to come. And yeah. we'll have you back on after a, a few of these projects that Let's are on go. deck come Let's out. Let's go. And we'll get you on with Laka as well. We'll get the full translations package. Yeah. 
Vok and, uh, is like an encyclopedia. Oh, baby. Cat's got, he'll go deep with it too. Yes, I want I want to hear his playlist. Yeah. We'll get a little bit of everything going. I'm excited. This is a, it's a new beginning, and uh, I think we, uh, we came through. And uh, I'm hyped for this playlist. We're going we gonna to populate the internets with uh, this playlist for the people on streaming platforms. <laughs> All right, let's we'll, go. We'll cook up a DJ mix as well. We'll mix it down, and, uh, and we'll get this out for the listeners. Yes. So, uh, yeah, appreciate everyone uh, taking the time out to, uh, to ride with Carpool Radio. And uh, final messages, Phil. Let them know. You already spit some knowledge. Put that shit yeah, out. No, what else I, you got? I honestly no. I just want to end it by saying thank you, and I love what you're doing, and um, you're my brother. I love you, and uh, dude, keep keep this up because you got something special here. So I'm I'm a I'm hyped to see uh, to see how this progresses. That's right. Everybody support local homies. That's right. Put your boys on. Buy the fucking album. That's right. Wear the fucking t-shirt. Wear the t-shirts. Share the fucking story. No one gives a fuck about your Instagram. That's right. All right. On that note. Much love, everyone. Much love.